Hello, Brooke family. Welcome to Church at Home. Hope you had a Merry Christmas celebrating the birth of Christ. Think about a time when you welcomed a new baby into your family. Truth is, everybody gets excited when a new baby is born. I still remember welcoming each of our three children into the world. With our first child, Rose was so excited she began to wear her maternity clothes the minute she found out she was pregnant. By the time our second child came along, she tried to wear her regular clothes as long as she could. But by our third child, her maternity clothes were her regular clothes. Truth is, everybody gets excited when a new baby is born. In our world, 4.5 babies are born every second of every day. But on that first Christmas, one baby was born who changed the world forever. Scripture says this about the birth of Jesus. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. It says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. When Christ was born on that first Christmas, He literally changed the world. This Christmas, 2.4 billion people in the world identify as Christians and worshiped Him at Christmas. That cradle literally rocked the world and split time into two, marking the time before Christ and the time after Christ. But here's a question. What if Jesus never came? Well, today we're going to take some time together and we're going to imagine a world without Jesus. Yale historian Yaroslav Pelikan wrote, If it were possible with some sort of super magnet to pull up out of that history every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, how much would be left? It's from his birth that most of the human race dates its calendars. It's by his name that millions curse and in his name that millions pray. So let's ask the question, what would a world without Christ look like? Be very different, different indeed. Well, how? Well, first of all, number one, a world without Christ would feel differently. Jesus' treatment of people revolutionized the way people treat each other. Think about the treatment of women. Women in the ancient world were viewed as property and they had no rights. But Jesus elevated the status of women, treating them with equality. For example, in Luke 10, he treated Martha as a disciple, which was rare. He even shared his ministry with them in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. To see the impact of Jesus on our world, just visit any culture without a Christian influence and see how women are treated. Think about children. In the ancient world, infanticide and abandonment was commonplace. Roman historians record incidents of infant exposure as commonplace. It was Christians who protected children. It was Christians who invented the orphanage. Then there's the elderly who were marginalized at best and euthanized very often. But the followers of Jesus treated the elderly with dignity, creating homes to care for those who could no longer care for themselves, even through the end of life. Then there's slavery. The international slavery trade was brought to an end by Christians. Two-thirds of the American Abolition Society of 1835 were Christian pastors. In fact, one time Rose and I toured Fallsmouth, Jamaica, and we saw these historical landmarks honoring Christians, Christian leaders, who brought slavery to an end on the island. G.K. Chesterton wrote these words. He said, the next best thing to being really inside Christendom is to be really outside it. To understand the impact of Jesus, just go to places that are not under his influence and see how the most vulnerable members of society are treated. Secondly, a world without Christ, would certainly it would, it, would, it would feel differently, but also would think differently. The world's greatest art, music, literature, 
learning. We're in fact inspired by the person and the teachings of Jesus. Think about education. The very concept of graded levels of education for the masses, boys and girls, it's rooted in the Protestant Reformation. In fact, the first 200 years of the American education system, it taught reading and writing and ethics by using the Bible. Then there's science. The belief in an orderly and rational universe is a distinctly Christian tenet. Nearly all the founders of modern science were in fact Christian thinkers. Isaac Newton, Johannes Kepler, Robert Boyle, Louis Pasteur. In fact, Dr. Rodney Starter, a respected sociologist who's a non-Christian, wrote these words. He said the rise of science was achieved by deeply religious Christian scholars. Now think of the printing press. The very first works off the Gutenberg press were Christian tracts and Bibles. The majority of the world's languages were put to writing and codified by Christian missionaries who were translating the Bible. Then there are other universities. 122 of the first 123 colleges in the American colonies were founded by Christians to advance the cause of Christ. It's true of Harvard, Yale, Princeton. In fact, visit any of those campuses and you'll see scriptures engraved on all their buildings. If Jesus never came, the world's greatest art would be gone. Raphael, Michelangelo, Da Vinci, gone. The world's greatest music, gone. Handel, Bach, Beethoven, Hayden. The world's greatest literature, gone. Dante, Milton, Tolkien, Lewis. Jesus captivated the imagination of the world's greatest thinkers who then shaped the world under his influence. And so thirdly, a world without Christ, it would feel different, it would think different, but it would also act differently. Jesus was motivated by compassion to alleviate human suffering. And all through history, the followers of Jesus were motivated by him to continue his same work of compassion. Think about the hospitals. The rise of the hospital, the development of modern medicine, and the practice of nursing all came from Christians. Medical historian Fielding Garrison wrote these words, the chief glory of medieval medicine was hospitals and sick nursing, which had its organization in the teachings of Christ. Then, of course, there are other relief organizations, Salvation Army, Red Cross, World Vision, Prison Fellowship, Habitat for Humanity. What do they all have in common? They were all founded by Christian people who sought to continue Jesus' works of compassion in the world. Then, of course, there's the charities. You can't find a city anywhere that doesn't have soup kitchens or faith missions or thrift shops whose purpose is to help people who need food, clothing, and shelter. All these organizations and efforts owe their very existence to the continuation of Jesus' ministry to alleviate human suffering. A world without Jesus would be different. It would be much colder, crueler, and darker than we can ever imagine. But Jesus did come and he changed our world. And, and more than changing our world, Jesus changed the lives of countless men, women, and children from every culture conceivable. 19th century London, a popular atheist named Charles Bradlaugh challenged a Christian minister, H.P. Hughes, to a debate over the validity of Christianity. Hughes accepted his challenge on one condition. He wrote these words. He said to him that I propose that we each bring evidences of the validity of our beliefs in the form of men and women who've been redeemed from lives of sin and shame by the influence of our teaching. I will bring 100 such men and women. And if you cannot bring 100 to match my 100, you can bring 50. If you can't find 50, then bring 10. 
who can testify that they have been lifted from lives of shame and brokenness by your atheistic teachings. All of London was a stir. What would Bradlaugh do? Much to his chagrin, he publicly withdrew his formal challenge for the debate. Friends, the testimony of history is loud and clear. Jesus changes lives. He did mine and countless others from every culture all through history. But Jesus didn't come to just change the world. He came to change your world. The scripture tells us how. John chapter 1 verses 10 through 12 says this, He was in the world, that's Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus didn't just come to change the world, he came to change your world. So, why not receive Jesus into your world right now? John 1.12 tells us how. Three words. Believe, receive, become. Good news. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, great. You're halfway home. Scripture says, secondly, you must receive Christ into your life. And when you do, thirdly, then you become a child of God, accepted into God's forever family to begin the journey of transformation into what God intended for you to be in a relationship with Jesus. So, let me ask you, would you join me right now? And let's pray together. Dear God, we do thank you for sending your son Jesus into the world so that we might find life and hope and forgiveness and purpose through him. Today we recognize that Jesus is Lord. And our prayer today is this, Jesus, I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Best I know how, I'm asking you to come into my life and be my Lord, both now and forever. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. And amen. On behalf of our Brook Church family, let me just say welcome home to God's family. We are here for your journey. And if you pray to receive Jesus today, just email us at yes at thebrook.net and we will send you some easy to understand resources to help you get going strong in your new relationship with Jesus.